Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. I'm Pete Wright, and I am here with, uh, uh, it seems like old friend now, Sean. Sean Coleman, <laughs> yep. BA Insight, Chief Customer Officer. You're back on the show. It's about time. I'm back. Yes, glad to be here. Today, you're telling us the story of the hateful eight. With all due respect to Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> uh, did you pick that title because Samuel L. Jackson is in everything? I did. And there's really just a risk he'll show up here. <laughs> that's right. One of these, that's like, you know, the, the hidden risk number nine. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> comes around. <laughs> Listen, we are telling the story of the big eight portal risks that every CIO needs to know. Uh, how did you go about building this list? Yeah, I think I think it's a good story, right? We we talked to lots of lots of different CIOs and and, and around the uh, different organizations. I mean, I, I think that this podcast we're we're really kind of focusing in on the on the legal side, so I did want to to put that out there. You know, we do look at this from a legal point of view, but really, this is something that any CIO could look at. But you know, you, you look at these intranets and portals and enterprise search or whatever you want to call it, uh, and and everyone, you know, we always spend all the time talking about all the reasons that you you should do it, and and they are right. They're great reasons you should do it, but we don't want to leave out the the you know risks that you could have, right? So there there are the kind of the right ways to do these, and there are the wrong way. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, from, from our perspective, we like to, to cover both sides. So we'd like to say, uh, you know, if you're, if you're already doing this, or if you're thinking about doing it from a risk perspective, what do you need to think about when you're talking to vendors? What questions do you need to ask them when your when your internal team is telling you, yes, we went live with this, what things do you need to make sure we're covered off? And I think, you know, from, from a, you know, risk perspective and everybody knows, uh, from you know hacks and all the different data breaches and things like that, you you've really got to have a control of this. Uh, this is access to your data, and it's access to a lot of data. Uh, so knowing that it was done right is key, and we hope that this uh, you know hateful eight of things that you want to check out is helpful to people. Well, and that brings us to risk number one, which is ironically not directly related to data and breaches and hacks. It's consultants. <laughs> uh, how are consultants a risk for you? Well, I don't, I don't want to come off as anti-consultant because I think that there are really good use cases for consultants and consultant shops and uh, and, and and you know kind of uh, people that do design and planning and things like that. But the but the real risk here is to understand and really really kind of have the full picture of how they're going to fit into your overall strategy, right? Consultants are great for bringing in, uh, you know, new ideas for bringing in, you know, new, new skill sets and, and instilling that in your people. Uh, but they're also great in trying and taking something that they've done before and trying to see how much mileage they could get out of it and kind of repeat it. Uh, you know, so a lot of what we see is we, and, and I guess I'll use the word of bias, Right, so we we see in the marketplace a lot of the same kind of approaches, right? So someone says, "Hey, it worked for this firm. This exact same thing is going to work for you," uh, and then we're going to go and apply that over here, and that, and it should be this technology, and it should be these, right? So, the real risk there is that from a consultancy perspective, they're bringing in ideas that certainly have worked, but maybe they're biased against new approaches. They're biased against innovation or they're biased against cloud technologies or things that they don't understand or things that they've not worked in. Or they or they have a little bit of bias into, you know, certain products, right? So they have a relationship with the product company they work with or they're, or they're going to make recommendations. So I think the big thing for a CIO to think about is uh, what what role do the consultants play Right? How am I judging 
their uh, advice against the advice of my internal team. Because remember, your internal team knows the problems, they know your organization, and they know what needs to be solved. The, the consultant will come in and know kind of what they've seen in general, and it's bridging the gap between what generally has worked to what's going to work specifically for your organization. And if there's one thing that we know, every every firm, every company we worked with is different, and one solution that applied for somebody may not resonate or may not work. Uh, and you may do all this work and realize that there was just a cultural difference that you have that your people knew about and the consultants didn't know and didn't have a way to to impact that. So you know, understand where they're getting the recommendations from, understand what kind of things they're doing to really get out there in the market and do some innovation, you know, understand that kind of stuff. I mean, we're a product company, right? Our interest is to sell you product. The way we sell product is by innovation uh, and creating new features. So we're constantly talking to everyone and building new features. Our goal isn't to come in and establish a long-term consulting relationship with you, where you, with you, where we park a couple of guys or a couple of girls on your site for months on end uh, and do reports. That's not what we're after. Uh, that can be valuable at certain times, but I would say that you know any good CIO is going to look at that and understand where it fits and how it fits uh, and look at the whole picture, and you'll avoid that risk of kind of just following someone's playbook. Right. Don't let them come in and call the same plays and then run the exact same game because it's not going to have the same output all the time. This leads us directly into risk number two, customization rather than product. I feel like you're, you were sort of setting the stage for this one uh, in, in talking about BA Insight as a product company. How does that, how does that, uh, that model um, uh, impact risk number two? I think the big risk here is, and it's really understanding you know, when you're going to make the, the dive into what we would call a customization versus, versus a product. And I think this is kind of a, an age-old debate. But what's, what's key is knowing, because these things get really complicated, right? You're, you're, you're rolling out an uh, enterprise search. You're rolling out a portal. You're bringing all this data together, and you realize, you know what? I need to incorporate data from this system over here, uh, and, and your team or the consultant you got involved in says, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We'll take care of that. Uh, but what you find out later that it was something that they kind of hand-built or they hand-tooled, uh, and then you go and a new SharePoint cumulative update's coming out and it breaks that. Or now you want to go to Office 365 and it can't because it's tied to this, right? So so understanding where in your, in your stack have you built custom software versus product, right? Because when, you, when there's a product that you buy, your whole that vendor becomes accountable to you for all of those things. They become accountable to you for testing new releases. They become accountable for you for making it work on other platforms, right? Uh, and, and you have that voice in there, and they're motivated to do that uh, based on the agreement or the support maintenance or the subscription that you have with them. When you deal with custom software, it's basically fire and forget a lot of times. People write it. It works. They move on. That consultant goes somewhere else. You find out that, wait, this is broken now. The person, no one remembers who did it. The documentation isn't so good. There's no phone number you can call uh, and ask them for, for support, you know, any of that. So these little customizations kind of eke their way into these projects, uh, right? So you may start with, we're doing an, a, a large portal implementation. We're going to use mostly software. We're going to not do a lot of customization, but but little by little, because it's it, the platforms make it easy, these little customizations pop up. 
So from a CIO's perspective, understanding how you're managing to that, how your project is structured, and how those risks are being identified and tracked are going to let you know uh, and give you that comfort level of your overall platform uh, on when, you know, not saying that customization isn't ever right. Sometimes it is right. Uh, but you want to make that conscious choice and know when you're doing it and what risks you're taking when you are doing it. Now, when it comes to risk number three, you mentioned uh, cloud strategies. And the parenthetical here is technology that can stand in your way. Yeah. And this is a big one, right? We, we talk to a lot of a lot of firms around, you know, cloud software and where they're going, where people are, are going with the cloud. I mean, you, you know, all the different things, whether it's cloud infrastructure, like your Amazon Web Services or your Microsoft Azure, things like that. Uh, but there's also, you know, Office 365, there's Google Apps and Gmail and all the different things, you know, all that Google for Business stuff that's going on. Or all these are cloud providers, Salesforce.com, Box, you know, any of these places that you're, you're dealing with it. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not going to be the first one to say that that's where people are going. That's kind of the future. You know, everything's heading that way. And, you, and you're going to decide when that makes sense for you. Uh, and, and when the right time to pull that trigger is, you know, maybe it's not now, maybe it's two years from now. Right. But what, what, you know, you're doing implementations like this, like a portal, and you're going to find that in a year, you're going to want to take part of that and you're going to want to move it into office 365. You're going to go into an exchange online, or you're going to go into a SharePoint online, or you're going to, you're going to take your document management system from iManage. You're going to move to NetDocs, right? NetDocs is all cloud. Uh, what you don't want to have happen at that point in time is have picked a technology stack that doesn't work in that environment. That all of a sudden now, because you want the flexibility to change your document management system, or you want the flexibility to change your email host, or you want the flexibility to change where your SharePoint infrastructure is, that because your you know your portal application or your enterprise search application doesn't work in that environment, now you have another problem. So we're telling pretty much everyone we talk to, all the CIOs that we deal with, that understanding the cloud integration strategy that the companies that you're working with has and what their cloud roadmap are, are very key. Not only understand it from the level of do they have one, but at what level are they integrating, right? All of these cloud platforms, be it salesforce.com, Box, NetDocs, they all have you know, structured APIs, they have uh, you know development life cycles, they have recommendations on how to integrate with them. And it behooves the CIO to understand, are you following those models or are you doing different models, right? For instance, are you integrating your application into the app framework of SharePoint or are you basically embedding in external web pages in something we call an iframe, which is really kind of a – it's a little bit of a cheat, right? It's I'm going to take my application that I have. I'm just going to make it show up in there. I'm not really going to integrate it, right? And, and that in some cases, that may be a fine strategy. But what that tells you is that there's not an investment being made into that cloud architecture, into that cloud infrastructure that's going to give you that peace of mind that as that cloud infrastructure matures and grows and adds features, that the, the implementations that you've done are going to continue to grow that way. So those are questions you need to understand and, and really have asked people and really understand from the cloud perspective. These are the same kind of shortcuts that start to eat away and sort of erode your strategy that we're talking about in risk number two, right? The same kind of thinking goes into customizations. Generally, it might be a shortcut. Those shortcuts add up, right? Um, we're talking about data security and risk number four. Now, this is where I thought you were going to start with. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, certainly data security is a big one, but I think, you know, the reason we have it as number four uh, is because, you know, all of the other things around the strategy and what, how you're going to build things, you got to kind of get that all in place and then make sure that from a security perspective, uh, you're not, you're not uh, opening any holes, right? So uh, you think about, you know, your portals are going to bring lots of data together, your, your intranet or your enterprise search, you're, you're going to increase effectiveness you know, but you could also open up some data security issues if it's not done correctly, right? So the questions that you're looking for here, uh, how are the backend systems that are being accessed, how, how, are, how are they getting that data? How is it going to go and populate the data that, that people need from them? Uh, is, it, is it going to the source database or is it using a structured API? Uh, if it's going to the source database, how is it doing that? Is it doing it, uh, you know, through queries that someone wrote? Is it doing it through a documented procedure? And, and those access protocols that are being used to get in there, how and where are they secured? Uh, you know, so obviously it's got to talk to these different systems. Uh, it's going to have to have access credentials to do that. What is the the storage mechanism and security around that access? Right. So your your document management system may be the most secured application in the world, but if your search application talks to it and has access to that data and there's a security breach there, there's an automatic hole to get them into your other systems. So this is huge to understand what process are you using to get to those systems and what processes are you using to secure the connections that are being made? Uh, you know, are we using uh, secure encryption? Are we using tunnels? Are we using VPNs? How are we doing that? How are we protecting those credentials? Are we following IT best practice, right? Those are questions that you have to know uh, and you don't want to sacrifice your data security to make the deployment easier. You know, someone may say, oh, it's really easy if I just, you know, put these passwords in this file here and then I can read it and it'll be fine because it's on the server and it's protected. But, you know, is it? And, and you need to understand those things and ask those questions and really understand as we're building this portal or, or, or search application, is data security at top of mind, not only in the data that we're bringing in, but in the protection of the configurations that are being done? How does this relate to data protection? Your risk number five, right? Uh, we're, we're sort of building on this point. Uh, you know, should we should we call Yahoo? <laughs> no, yeah, certainly not. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure they've, <laughs> okay. they've they've solved that. I mean, there's there's really smart people out there doing data protection. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. You want to find the experts in this field? You're yep. going to call Yahoo right now today. <laughs> right? Yeah, they've they've learned a lot. They um, got it. Yeah. But yeah to build on the security, you know, that we were talking about in, in the previous risk, I mean, the data protection, you know, you're, you're, you've now you've now decided that you're going to let this core system kind of access your data uh, and bring those in. And so there's, you know, you've got it now a hole uh, into there, uh, you know, where data can be extracted. And you want to really make sure that the queries, the database team, you know, all the people that 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 kind of do your data protection layer are informed and involved in the process. Right. What we've seen, uh, especially in the legal market, is that the, there's a lot of really common systems, and access into those systems is pretty known, and that IT teams uh, a lot of times share a lot of duties. Uh, and, and that's great. Uh, but what you don't want to do is, through that process, recognize that, you know, uh, what I'm going to do is my designer who's doing my UI work, uh, he's going to work in the same interface that's pulling the data uh, that the database person has. So now that the guy who's doing the layout, 
he's in the exact same tool running queries, pulling data from your backend systems, uh, which, which, which pulls that security out of your DB architecture team uh, and, and opens up a little bit of a security hole there. Uh, so, so understand whatever tools you're using, if they allow you to really segment those duties and segment that, that responsibility, which is actually going to tie right into our next risk, which is about separation of duties. But on, on data protection specifically, you have opened up holes into here to get this data, understand uh, how that is being protected, understand the queries that are going against it and how you can get control of that uh, into your into your database team. Are they managed through that? Or now are you taking that data access and putting it into some other system that may be difficult to get to? The database team doesn't know about it. Maybe it's custom. So, so are there new holes that maybe your existing security pre- procedures aren't equipped to handle if there are understand them, document them, make them part of your process. Well, this does lead right into risk number six, separation of duties. How does this relate to, and your recommendation for separation of duties when you're looking at some of these external pressures toward more strict separation of functions in development and IT? Yeah, I, I think this is a huge point. And I think, I think more and more firms that we talk to are going to deal with this. Their their clients, right, understand that from their, you know, their data is being entrusted in your hands. That data is finding its way into documents that you're filing for them. And now, now you're a steward of that data, right? So so anymore, the, the idea of, uh, you know, uh, an IT team that shares a lot of, of duties and, you know, sometimes I do the backups and sometimes I do the data and sometimes I do the UI, you know, that that's a little bit of a thing of the past because they're going to be asking for a lot of these best practices, uh, ISO certifications, right? We hear a lot of people talking about, you know, ISO uh, 27001 uh, and how, you know, what the strict practices that come along with that with data access and separation of duties is a big part of it. Uh, so understanding, uh, the database layer, who has access to that, who controls those passwords? The application layer, who has access to that? Are they the same people? You know, are there are there procedures for when you when you access a system with a certain account that that account has rights only to do certain things, or are you accessing the account as kind of a super admin? Uh, so understanding that and understanding can I even if I don't do it today, can I, if I am asked, separate these duties efficiently? Can I separate access to the data from access to the UI from access to the application? And then I can have a different person doing data backups. I can have a different person doing patching, all these kind of things, because that's the kind of questions, that's the kind of IT audit that likely at some point in time in your future you're going to have to go through if you haven't already. And if you find out that you picked a piece of technology that doesn't allow that separation now you're in trouble, right? Because now you've got technology that you have to replace to get certified, which is going to take a lot longer and your clients are going to be pressing you for it. So so right, make the right decisions up front. Understand who can grow into the right security procedures and the right security structures that will support uh, that level of audit when it comes to you. So risk number seven talks about proprietary interfaces. And uh, again, this this is this feels reminiscent of some of the challenges we have up in risk number two, risk number three, the, the shortcuts that you may be tempted to take that that may burn you later, right? Yep, absolutely. And I think that that's 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 kind of key. And really in the in the IT infrastructure world, uh, you know, IT software support, anything like that, uh, there become, you know, there always starts out with niche players, 
they, they fit a need and then they grow and that need becomes more centralized. So understanding where your vendors play in that, in that space and what level of, of kind of configuration control, uh, what, what basis they have, you know, on what they've built, uh, is it built on a platform that, that is readily understood, right? So, we talk a lot about SharePoint. Uh, the SharePoint platform in itself uh, has methods and methodologies for developing applications, for delivering components, for doing UI. Uh, those those are tried and true. Lots of consulting companies come out there and know them. So having a vendor that knows how to work with them and that their software fits that model gives you flexibility in, I can pretty much go to any SharePoint consultant shop in the world, tell them I need some UI tweaks done, and they'll be able to help me. Now, if, if, you, if there's a, an alternate proprietary model, you're tied to that company or their couple of consultants that may exist. So now you need a very simple UI change. You, there's not very many people you can call. Uh, maybe they got a backlog. Maybe they can't get to you for six months, right? Maybe the consultant's not available, right? So you've, you've shortened the pool of ability to help and flexibility that you have if you go with a solution that's not built on these kind of tried and true standards. And it doesn't have to be SharePoint. You know, the salesforce.com has a great model for building, for building portals. You know, Amazon Web Services for deplo- deploying infrastructure, right? There's lots of Lots of articles, lots of information, lots of help out there on those platforms. Uh, and, and so going with those platforms gives you some peace of mind and some security uh, around the fact that when you do need help, it's going to be readily avail- available for you. And that's really what the proprietary interfaces are out. Understand where they exist. Understand if the choice that you're making ties you into a very specific skill set or a very specific list of people, and understand that in the future that may become an issue for flexibility and for changes that you want to make. Your, your final risk, uh, usage and user satisfaction. Seems like everything else that we've been talking about all boils down to this. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah, all the stuff we talked about, your data security, your data protection, all of that has to be right, right? But But you have to at the same time understand that uh, I really, uh, as long as my, you know, my users also need to use it and they need to be satisfied with it. And how do I understand that? Here's all of the questions that you need to ask, you know, for risk, you know, one through seven. But the real, you know, other risk is I've done all this uh, and then nobody uses it or they don't like it or, I, you know, they, they hate it, right? They can't find anything on it. Um, so the, the last risk, and that's why we put it last, is do do you can you get the answer to the questions that you have about how people are using it, what they like about it, what things they're able to find, how does it help them, how does it deliver on my ROI? Uh, and we've talked a lot about this in, in previous podcasts around analytics and things like that. So it's not only uh, you know understanding your infrastructure and how it's built, but understanding how have we instrumented our system to know how our usage is growing, what our users are using. Right, what works well for them, what doesn't work well for them, uh, and having the, an easy way to plot that and look at. It. I mean, think of think of it from a marketing perspective, right? Amazon.com knows exactly how many people bought things from them yesterday, the day before, last year, this year compared to last year. They own their analytics and they understand them. Uh, this platform that you deliver, this portal, this internet is is a, a very similar thing. Your your customers are your employees, and their usage patterns tell you what you need to do with the system. Tells you if your investment has been good. Tells me if, if you need to do some things to improve on that investment. But ultimately, y- you got to know the usage. You got to know what's working. You got to know if they're satisfied because all the other stuff doesn't matter if the system doesn't get used. 
So uh, sum it up for us in in terms of your your list of of the big things CIOs need to be aware of and where they might go for for more information, particularly when if you know for our our legal CIOs uh, that are listening to this episode. Yeah, I, I mean we've got a great set of of other podcasts. We've got a great set of information on our beinsight.com legal page that you can get to uh, right off of our main page. But kind of to sum it all up, right? We we started off the hateful eight. You know we're movie fans. Uh, but if you really want to boil it down, what what things do I need to, to do? I think we went over a lot of the questions that you need to ask, which are really around how's my data being protected? Uh, do we have any risks in terms of certifications or things that we may need to get? Uh, are consultants leading us in the right direction? Right? Are, are we are we using proprietary or customizations or things that are going to get us in trouble? Uh, and are we making our users happy? Right? Those kind of core questions are the things that that really the project should likely be judged by. So if you think about it from a from a scorecard perspective, if you if you created a scorecard on your internet, here's eight things that you really should ask and have the answers to to know uh, if you've got a you know are, are you passing or are you failing. Outstanding. Good man, Sean. Thank you for for bringing these points to the show today. We sure appreciate your time, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to to, uh, join us. Always happy to do it, Pete. Uh, And for everybody listening, thank you so much for your time and attention. We'll put all the the appropriate links to more resources, ways to to connect with uh, with Sean on LinkedIn and and connect with BA Insight uh, to get your questions answered all right in the show notes. You swipe over to the show notes in your podcast app of choice and, and you can click right through from there. It's the best way to, to find us. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the show. And we'll catch you next time right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.